This is John and Robin Boyles of Celebrate Libraries with another New Ways to Dream podcast. Today we are in Holman, Wisconsin, meeting with Dean Leyland, who is a branch manager of Holman Public Library, one of five branches of La Crosse County Library. Dean, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. You're welcome. Let's begin with how long you've been a branch manager in Holman. I've been branch manager since I began library work in 1978, 40 years ago. Um, at that time, it was a small, one-room library in a uh, building that was built for the village administration offices. They had a leftover space in one corner of the building, and they said, hmm, what should we put here? Somebody said, the library. So that's where I... That's where I began in 1978. And my father at the time was the highway commissioner for La Crosse County. So he heard about this opening of the library and thought that I might like to do that. At the time, I was employed in a factory. (laughs) Um, um, But I substitute taught. I graduated from college and was a substitute teacher. And he thought maybe, because he knew I I was a reader, he thought maybe I'd like to apply for this library job. Well, I've been there ever since. So, and at that time it was a one desk, shelves around the perimeter of the room, um, one table, four chairs. That was it. So a lot of people taught, um, saw the library as, um, you know, you go to your local bakery to talk about not just buy things, but to talk sure. and to. So people would come in and plant themselves at that table and chairs, and they'd just, they'd just talk. Great. So we moved into a bigger facility, a, a remodeled grocery store, in 1988. And there were people that kind of mad that that little table and chairs were gone because it was sit, you know, close proximity. And now we had the space where they had a, you know, a lounging area or a, a you know, group of reading chairs and. Well, who am I going to talk to? And so that's it's not just the purpose of a library. It's a community gathering place, and we still are. Um, but we quickly outgrew uh, that facility and from 1988 until this last September when we opened our new library. So 1988 until 2018, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been... Quite a ride. Holman has grown quite a bit, hasn't it? It's it's grown tremendously. Yeah. I've heard, um, well, we're at 10,000, just under 10,000, I believe. Mm -hmm. And there are many new developments in the works now as we speak. So I, that's going to blossom here in a very short time. It's a beautiful area. It is. It's very beautiful. You said you like to read, and, and your father was sort of instrumental in letting mm-hmm. you know about that. Was there a reason why you felt uh, maybe library work was something that you would choose to have a career in? You mentioned um, you mentioned that you were a part-time teacher. Did you have an idea about this being the ideal job for you personally? Um, no, I just applied on a whim. Okay. Um, thinking, well, that might be kind of interesting. I I love books, and I always purchase books, and um, I just thought I'd just kind of like to try it. And once I started, I liked the people, 
I like talking to people about books. That's the best part. I don't know what to read next. Well, I know what you want to read next. <laughs> that was the fun part of the job because I knew what they would, you know, based on what they had liked previously, I could always steer them in a direction of something they liked. And it's really gratifying when somebody comes back in and said, oh, my God, you were right. I love this book. And that makes, that makes it all worthwhile. Do you have a recent favorite book that you would recommend? Well, there are so many. Um, I've been, I've organized a uh, book club for probably 25 years, and we still meet monthly, minus the summers. But um, that's fun because you read things that, eh, I'm not sure I want to do this. You know, like, I remember... Uh, when Clan of the Cave Bears came out, do you remember that book by Gene Owl? You know, cavemen, before civilization, they were one step away from primates, sure. you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, what can be a story? But it kept continuing week after week after week on the bestseller list. So something had to be there that was making people buy this book. Yes. So that makes you take the dive, read the book, and I loved it. It was wonderful. And that's the value of a book club also because you read things, you're exposed to things that you're going to talk about as a group, and you think, oh, my gosh, I didn't think about that part. Or um, you know, we just finished, we discussed last week um, The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Such a heart-wrenching story, but everybody appreciated his um, his way of writing, telling a story from the main character and her trials and tribulations. We don't know if it was a happy ending or not. You know, he left that up in the air. But I don't think I would have read that book on my own. Yes. Interesting. Um, does the library then uh, buy and provide multiple copies? Do people go out and get their own copy and then you get together? I try to choose books that we have already in our system okay. plenty of copies for so I have to be careful I can't buy some remote um, obscure title that we only have one or two copies that's not fair to make people buy their own buy their own books so we always choose something that has a plenty of, of copies somewhere and it's a system of um, 30 two or 33 libraries in our in our borrowing system oh, I see. so um, this is Winding Rivers? This is Winding Rivers, right. right. So our catalog covers Winding Rivers, so we have pretty good selection of what we can what we can do it. And I just Google the questions and bring the questions, and we we talk about it. As you're speaking, I, I, as you're speaking, I always have a thought that I have two brothers who would probably never walk into a library. And But as they get older, as we're getting older, I always thought it would be nice. And, you know, there's... One of our missions with our with Celebrate Libraries is really to promote lifelong learning, mm -hmm. um, literacy, mm -hmm. and because one of my brothers has a learning disability, reading is very difficult, but I think, think to myself how wonderful it would be if he could have an audio book club. Yes. Where, especially focused with men who often would enjoy that kind of communication 
Uh, just something I would throw out to you. And that's not just a, a specific format for audiobooks. Uh, a lot of people that belong to our book group listen to the book. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh. They still have, I mean, they still get the gist of it, and sometimes the audio is much better. Oh, that's so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. There are some, oh. some that are just fantastic, that's really good, and they add such a life to the story. Yeah. We are, our next book for May is called The Gentleman in Moscow. I listened to it about a year ago, and it's been too long, so I wanted to read it. I'm not getting more, I'm not getting enough out of it. I'm not getting the story that I did when I listened to it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. How that works. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Audio learning. Audio I even think, you know, I see the Peterbalt, I see a lot of trucking. The trucking mm-hmm. industry is mm-hmm. very big. It'd be fun to see a trucking book club where they could really come to the library after listening on this. Oh, so, uh, like talking about classic rigs and the way they would have got trains? No, just like they listen to like a good biography of someone, but they could listen in the truck and then get oh, together and have some kind of community. Sure. I think that would be sure. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, truckers are pretty singular people. You know, it's difficult for them to meet anybody because they're always on the road. But we would very often have, I remember a specific trucker we had many years ago that he would take probably two or three stacks, you know, 20-some audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And his route was from Wisconsin to Florida, and it never varied. So he'd check them out in Wisconsin, take them down to Florida, ship them back so we'd have them back, He'd check out a fresh batch in Florida, return them in Wisconsin, ship them. You know, he had this thing going, and he said one time he was listening to something and he missed a turn because he was Uh too involved in the story. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't pay attention to where he was. (laughs) Well, that's a successful storyteller. um, It is, yeah, to be able to grab somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The Irish Frank... He was a school teacher. His books were bestsellers quite a few years ago. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. It's not going to come to my mind. Oh. I can just see the cover of that book. But the narrator has this heavy Irish accent. Oh, my gosh. And to have him tell jokes and how people swear in <laughs> Irish is hysterical. It adds so much to Rhett than... You know, here I'm poo-pooing books, but no, it no, really no. adds such a life and such a variety to a story. It really does. And with our busy, we're always multitasking, and sometimes it's just nice to have that in the background. And you pick it up, and you're like... I only live 10 minutes away, but i never without an audiobook in the car, ever. I can't stand the radio. I don't listen oh. to the radio. <laughs> Let's talk about the new building, if, if you'd like to. Um, reactions from patron, patrons about the new building. I know you talked a little bit about moving, and this being possibly the third location then mm-hmm. that you've worked with. Uh, in general, how, how have people responded to oh, this new building? Oh, they love it. It's beautiful. We see people in here that I've never seen before. I don't know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Could be here, but Holman is growing so big. They could be residents here, but I know we're getting people from further away that are making the drive to come to the library. Um, it's it's really remarkable. Our previous library had two windows. 
one in the front of the building, and one that was way high up on the wall in our in our staff room in our break room. So that was not exposed to you know people couldn't get back there. So essentially, for the public's purposes, we had one window in the front of the building. Now we have a circumference of 360 yes. windows. It's the light and the brightness is an unbelievable difference. It's, it, they love it. So people respond? Uh... Oh, positively. Fireplace and a seating area around a fireplace really helps with... Um, now they want to come in and stay. Hmm. They okay. want to come in and sit, bring a friend, sit and talk. You know, before we were the pickup location. I put my book on hold, walk up to the desk, get my book, leave. We could seat... Oh, I think it was between 20, 24 people at the old library. Right. This one, we can seat almost 75. Wow. Nice. Okay. Huge difference, big almost difference. Cool. So it's very inviting. Um, kids love it. One of my recommendations, just right off the bat, because it's such this contemporary building and more of a traditional setting, it just would be beautiful to see some of the high school or grade school children make outdoor sculptures. It'd be perfect. Yeah. The yard, the, the landscape here. Uh, so you've been open, what, nine months? Or September. S- September. Mm-hmm. Um, so is everything in place now? Or are you, is everything up and ready to go and, and as you would want it to be? And I ask because it's a new building, and so I'm just wondering if... Oh, there are always tweaks. Tweaks. You know, okay. we... When we opened the, yeah, the trim on the walls was nailed in, you know, it was, carpet was done, and that kind of essential thing was all completed, but there's little things that we have to add along the way. Um, We just put in a, well, not fairly large, but large for us, an order of art, and two gigantic clocks that are coming, so... We just ordered those last week. So most of them are like 3D metal wall things, a couple of paintings, um, one of the clocks that's coming in above the bulkhead by the service desk will be 60 inches perimeter. So it'll add a lot of a lot of um, atmosphere and you know just a homey feel rather than the stark walls. Have you found that there's been a a building, uh, an impact on uh, library programming uh, with the construction of the new building. Are you able to do more uh, in terms of possibly uh, uh, events or programming programming that you can offer to people with the new space? Can you just oh, do sure. more and uh, like expand your calendar or whatever? And if so, what might some of those things be? Well, so far. Our children's programming has not changed a lot. We've kept our story time schedule and the other programs that come with that, and they're held in the community room over here. Um, As far as adult programming, we told ourselves we have to just live in here for a year and just to see what our traffic patterns are like because when we moved in, we got no approval for additional staff. We got no approval for additional materials. So we are operating as if we were still in the old building as far as staff is concerned yes. and, and buying power. Um, so we decided we just have to, you know, programming costs money. We never had a programming budget 
for adult programming. We've had children's programming budget, and they do quite well. Um, but we've never had um, adult programming per se for adults because we never had the space. The only space we had in the old library to do an adult program was in the children's area, okay. which was in the library general. Mm -hmm. So whatever program we had there, everybody could hear it. So we were really, really limited in what we could do in that building. Um, so, but as far as this room is concerned and community groups, mm -hmm. it's being used by a lot of people. Do you, have, um, do, you, do you have a movie program or do you have speakers or music? We have, um, not yet. Okay. We're just biding our time mm -hmm. when people call and they want to schedule something um, oh, what did we have? We had a something from UWL. We had students schedule a foot screening program for diabetes. Oh, great. So that was in there. Mm -hmm. And we've had um, a mom's club in there. We've had, you know, community groups. And Holman really didn't have a place for communities to meet free of charge that wasn't a restaurant. So this has been being used pretty well. I'm surprised at the business that we've had in that room. Um, the Holman uh, Area Business Club meets in there now once a month. They were in the in the American Legion right. just across the way. And uh, they decided that this is a nicer facility. Um, Personally, it's a beautiful building. And I, I don't imagine that you have a um, orchestra or a symphony or do you in Holman? No. I could just envision. No people performing here in some capacity. Yes, yes. It just is beautiful. It is. It, it is. is. And the setting is beautiful right on the creek. The creek is right over here. Um, it's a very, it's just a really nice setting. The former um, place of a canning factory. Oh, this, this, Where this we are. area. Mm -hmm. And it's and the there's, police and the civic across. What's mm -hmm. the building that mirrors, uh, mirrors your... The police... Building? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that the beautiful building also? It's, yes. It's good to see it. It's the the new and the old together. It's right. And the architect, uh, MSA architects out of, um, his office was in Baraboo, but I have a feeling they're a national, I don't even know. Okay. Um, but they designed both the police station and the library. And I think it's still on the table that one day there will be a new community center, oh, okay. Um, okay. village offices and things on the same on the same campus. This is a seven area or seven acre, <coughs> seven Excuse acre me. campus. So you opened you opened on September eleventh. Was it September eleventh? Was mm -hmm. was there um, was there any thought then about the September eleventh anniversary? Or it was. Just Coincidental. Strictly coincidental because by the the builders were behind oh. in their schedule, mm -hmm. and they were paying the agreed upon time. When you don't finish, when you say you're going to finish, you pay X amount of dollars per day that you're late. So it was that they were under the gun with that, um, and then they had to have the walkthrough inspections. Um, all the machinery, all the scaffolds had to be out, you know, cleared out. Somebody's got to clean the dust. You know, everything is full of dust. Um, so by the time those things got together, then and then we needed, I think it was like 10 days. We have to move material. <laughs> so it was moving and getting the shelves up and empty, wiped down. 
um, than moving the material in a logical way. You can't just take a scoop of books and shove them in a box and expect them to show up. So I spent months on maps, <laughs> interior maps of the shelving, and by the time we start with A, is Z going to end up where it should be, or are we going to be, you know, the accordion thing? You know, are we going to have the Zs in the middle of, and too much on the shelf, and then have to, you know, the whole logistical thing was yes. pretty tricky. So that was when we could hire the movers, um, get everything coordinated, get help, extra help coordinated, and open on September 11th. At the ceremony when we did open, our village president, Scott Heineck, did say a few words. Uh, Flag was half staff, and he did acknowledge the date, but um, there was no in intentional coordination with the date. Did you have a, you mentioned uh, extra help, did you have a, volunteers from the community? We had some volunteers from the community. Um, we had, we had really, we had volunteers coming out of the woodwork, but this is not, it's so precise where you need to have things end up. Yes. We just needed someone, and the volunteers we had were teachers, um, right. professional, retired librarians that knew a shelf order when they could see it and they knew how to get things back on the shelf in an order because the last thing we want to do is go back and retrace the steps and reread the shelves. Yes. Big waste of time. So um, that's um, so we we did enlist a few volunteers but yes and we also did a campaign and we're still not sure if this was smart or not. <laughs> we we let people know that if they, they could check out an unlimited number of books before we closed, keep them, babysit them, you're the guardian of the books, and then when we reopen, bring them back. Well, there were people that literally took us, they were taking checking out boxes and boxes and boxes of books. They'd take, bring their cardboard box, they'd load it up randomly through the library, take it home, come back with another box, take it home, come back. Well, when it came time for returns, we were mobbed with return material. And how do you predict how much has gone off the shelf oh. once people have taken it out? Do we put this many books in each shelf because we know a lot of things are out? And do we save enough room or do we put them like we we would have in the beginning, mm -hmm. but then we'll have to shift because some, you know, it was so. Um, we when people brought their books back, they got a little ticket, and somebody won a TV, and somebody oh. won a fifty dollar right. something to somewhere. I don't remember what it was, but okay. so we didn't. We still don't know if we shot ourselves in the foot by doing that because it caused a lot of work at opening when we were so busy. Anyway, do you feel you? gotten most of those books back oh yeah oh, oh sure okay. oh sure they 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 did all come back oh, but um yeah it was tricky <laughs> so the community loved it they thought they were really doing us a favor great. but it was our great. headache at the end that nobody knows about which is fine now everybody knows but <laughs> that's okay um how many people do you have here on staff currently oh my gosh um well let's see Three, four, five, six, 
six employees, seven, eight, eight employees, eight or nine are strictly for the Holman branch. So those are our clerks, our pages that shelve the books, um, a couple of support people in the back, a reference person. Um, there's, they're, they only work at this facility. However, the administration center is here for the all five libraries. That's where we order books from here. When they come here, they're shipped here. We process them. We catalog them here. So our tech services person, they put the covers on the books and they make the spine labels. Those people are here as well as our cataloger and Chris's office, our director. So that's three, four, five, six. That's probably, yeah, four, five, six people. And they are employed by... They are the cataloger for all five libraries, so to speak. But their offices are here. Yeah. Do you have a Friends of the Library group currently? We don't. Hence your question about do we show movies with popcorn and the whole yes. schmear. We don't have anyone that is presently stepping up to... Staff people can't do that. We're not paid to do that. Um, our budget is our budget, and salaries is, is within the budget just like anything else. So until we have a body step up to take the responsibility to secure the movies, determine the schedule, run the machine, make the pop, you know, the whole thing, we don't. So We'd love to. As far as uh, challenges and rewards to being the uh, branch manager here at, uh, um, at the library, uh, this might be, this is some of the things on your wish list. Well, not only... I. I don't spend I don't spend the time you would think on being the branch manager. Okay. I think we have really good people on our staff that know exactly what they're expected to do and and really there's not much except our building things that we've had to deal with. You know, why is the water salty and then you got to call somebody to you know that new building kind of thing. Sure. Um that's been manageable. Um, and the staff here is really well trained. I spend, I'm also the adult services coordinator, which means that I review and order all the adult books and audiobooks, fiction and nonfiction, for all five locations. So I review them, purchase them, and as well as that, I weed what's no longer valid at all five libraries. So that's the majority of my time is spent on collection development. How do you disperse those? Do you have sales or anything? We have um, Holman, Onalaska, West Salem, and the two little branches don't, I think. We all have ongoing book sales. We all have a section or a cart or something that has ongoing items that for a book sale. Mm-hmm. Plus the Onalaska Friends of the Library hosts uh, a yearly book sale. Do you have any local local authors in the area that you would recommend? We did have a popular local author. She has now she's fairly elderly and she hasn't written for several years. Her name was Shirley Dummer. She's okay. still alive, but she's not writing. And her books she grew up um, in the western Minnesota little house on the prairie kind of a. Mm-hmm. So her books were that flavor of books. Yes. Um, and she probably wrote 10 or 12 of those books, and people just couldn't wait for the next Shirley Dummer book to come out. And uh, it's been 
it's been a while. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, as far as other local authors, we have a local poet and an author, or an artist, I should say. Okay. She's a former uh, middle school teacher. Um, Lynn Burgess is her name. She has a collection of poetry here at the library. Are there artists in the area? Quite a few artists or in the in your area? Well, the first one that comes to mind is Art Anderson. He's won many, um, um, what's that, the duck stamp competition. Oh, He's won that many, many times. He's a Holman resident. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. It would be nice if you had a display of his works. Right. That would be beautiful. Yep. And, you know, that's worth stopping to see. Oh, sure. And coming here yep. would be worth it. Yep. Is there something that we haven't talked about, Dean, uh, something that you want to share with the listeners, uh, some message about the library or, or Holman or, or anything in, that, in those terms? Well, I'm just so surprised every day by the new people and the amount of people that are coming in here. And I'm equally surprised at the progress and the changes that are taking place in our little town. Um, I can remember when I when I was a kid, we, our house was on Main Street across from what is now the middle school, was the high school then. And that street, and it, it still is the main drag through Holman. It did not have curb and gutter. Um, so it was just a little road, a little blacktop road with a sand shoulder. Uh, no, no line going through it. It was, it was just a little, little bitty road, and now we're going to have a roundabout built <laughs> in the village limits. It's just bizarre, and to have a festival foods that is the size of the new one that just went up. They opened last April, I think, but oh my gosh, it's just phenomenal. And you go to the store and. I don't know anybody in the store. You know, when you grow up in a little town, you know everybody. And I used to know everybody. Graduated from high school here. Um, yeah, I went away for college for four years, but came back. And I still know, you know, you see kids that, are, that were kids. In fact, our village administrator was a fourth grade student and would come with his class to check out books from the library, and here he is, our administrator. So it's just kind of cool, but it's so surprising to see how big this has gotten in just the last few years. It's just mind-blowing. And, and now we have a new library. I was supposed to retire, you know, <laughs> a couple years, well, not a couple years ago, but about a year ago. But all these years of meetings and meetings and meetings and plans and designs and you know, talking to architects and everything, I thought, I can't leave before we open this. I, I just can't. Before it's done, what was it, about 10 years or so? Or it, the planning of it, before planning to, to realization of the... Well, we had many plans for a new library. One was, one was going to be uh, the St. Elizabeth's Church. They were planning on building a new church. Well, that fell through, and they couldn't do it. They yanked the funds. Um, so that went down the tube. So we we had to start over from scratch. 
And coincidentally, then Scott was hired as our village administrator, and he said, I am so tired of traveling around the state and comparing our libraries to other libraries. It's just plain embarrassing. And he made it his mission. And Nancy Proctor, the village president, um, approached, this was the site of a canning factory that closed in 1978 or something. So it was a conglomeration of haphazard buildings and add-on here and and people, they, there was 10 different landowners that owned these buildings on this seven-acre site. And she approached all 10 landowners and said, would you be interested in selling your land to the village for the purpose of a new library? She got all 10 landowners to agree. So that was quite a feat of accomplishment that she, that she did just about single-handedly. So they, over time, purchased, I think it took about eight years, to purchase all these pieces of property for the library. We I always go over 20 minutes, yeah, John. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sorry, I no, should no, not talk so much. We no, have we told you not stories. to talk so much. Yeah, that is so wonderful. <laughs> I love this. So, Dean, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today about a Holman Library. We've been speaking with Dean Leyland, the branch manager of Holman Public Library, one of five branches of La Crosse County Library, and this is another New Ways to Dream podcast. We've been in uh, Holman, Wisconsin today. Thanks again, Dean. You're very welcome.